hey, maybe it's going to require a stretcher. We've talked a lot here about the absolute total stupidity of allowing men or boys to play with and against women and girls in all sports, and it's stunning to me the number of men who still support the people who defend it. I can kind of understand women because, you know, in the they're kind of late coming to the whole sports thing. Only been in the last, I don't know, 50 years or so. Anyway, but but that the men would include idiots like Joe Biden. There have been examples of females getting hurt playing against males. It happened again in Massachusetts recently where just about everybody votes for Democrats. It was a girls' high school basketball game between Collegiate Charter School of Lowell and KIPP Academy. KIPP, I guess it is. Collegiate uh, forfeited the game at halftime. The collegiate coach decided to end the game because he was running out of players. The KIPP team has a six-foot-one boy with facial hair who's pretending to be a girl playing on the team. There's a video on YouTube that's going viral that shows this boy kind of wrestling with a girl for a rebound. He sort of throws her off. She lands on her back. A couple of other girls were hurt in the game also. But here's the thing. The coach of the collegiate team said that the fact that Kip had a six-foot-one boy playing for it and his players were getting knocked around had nothing to do with the forfeit. Just just wanted to forfeit because he has playoffs coming up soon. Didn't want anybody to get hurt, I guess. Two teams had played each other earlier this season, so they knew all about the boy playing on the team. And this is why the stupidity continues. Two male coaches are okay with one team having a six-foot-one male playing for it against all girls, and apparently the fathers of the girls on both teams are okay with the idea. That's kind of sick. So when is this stupidity going to end? If the people directly involved with it and affected by the stupidity put up with it, what are the chances of it ever ending? Maybe what will need to happen is a girl or a woman being taken off the court or the field on a stretcher and being seriously and permanently injured. And, you know, when men were men, that boy who injured the girl in the game would have been met outside the gym by a male relative of the girl and had the crap kicked out of him. But in 2024, men allow this kind of stuff to happen to their daughters, sisters, girlfriends. Most of them, I'm guessing, are Democrats, and all of them should be embarrassed. When we come back, speaking of insanity, wait till you hear what's going on in the schools being run by the Pentagon, how the kids of people in the military are being indoctrinated. In our in our second half hour, wait till you hear what uh, well Politico came up with on Jim Biden and the fact that the networks are ignoring it. Jim would be uh, Joe's brother, by the way. Stick around. A couple of weeks ago, the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, uh, sent out a memo to his staffers telling them not to use words like manpower, father, and mother, you know, to uh, prevent the 0.04% of people in the population who identify as something they're actually not from being offended. That's not surprising when you see what the Pentagon's been up to. Adam Angievsky, founder and CEO of OpenTheBooks.com, has been blowing the whistle on that for a while now. He joins us. Thanks for coming on again, Adam. Well, thanks for having me on, John. It's great to be back. Yeah, you um, you come up with some pretty good stuff. That's why we like having you on. <laughs> and so <laughs> you exposed what they were doing here uh, with the uh, – maybe you should just explain first who these kids are and who's teaching them and whose kids they are. So the Pentagon, the Department of Defense, they – have K through 12 public schools, and it, they teach about 70,000 
children of our service members, uh, both domestically and overseas, on, uh, you know, when you're deployed uh, on military bases. Um, so, you know, military families, they don't have a lot of options oftentimes. They don't have a lot of money, so they have to send their kids to the public schools. And so about a year ago, we dug deep at OpenTheBooks.com, and we found that the Pentagon's K-12 public schools had established for the first time ever an Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, and, and the first ever chief of that was very aggressive. She wanted to dismantle, uproot, rip up, and destroy the traditional education system in the Pentagon's K-12 public schools and replace it with justice spaces. So, so they were rapidly trying to turn a curriculum uh, outside of traditional teaching of math and reading and science and create social justice activists out of the children of the men and women who serve in the United States Armed Forces. And so now you're saying that the Undersecretary of Military Readiness was lying to you when uh, you, you exposed this, correct, uh, last year, some last spring? Not yes. you personally, so, but OpenTheBooks.com. Yeah, we worked with whistleblowers. We worked with members of Congress. Members of Congress brought their concerns, like Jim Banks, who heads up the Armed Services Committee, he brought it forward to Lloyd Austin, and it looked like the Department of Defense saw it our way because they closed the first ever, ever office of you know, DEI, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and reassigned their controversial chief. Uh, but what they did was they drove the DEI teachings underground. They pulled down all public links to it. They established a secret steering committee, and then they... Uh, they embedded this DEI radical philosophies and ideologies into the curriculums in the classrooms. So they're doing the same thing that they said they were going to quit doing. They're just hiding it better. Yeah, it was a head fake. So, you know, publicly they made great fanfare of closing the office and reassigning the chief, but they embedded DEI into all aspects, the learning lessons, the classrooms, the radical curriculum, was not dismantled, and now they're teaching it to the 70,000 students in the military's K-12 public schools. And look, this is particularly troubling because, you know, we saw what happened on the elite university campuses like Harvard, like the University of Pennsylvania, all across the country, when the institutions of DEI, they took to the, to the campus lawns, they protested our ally Israel and took the side of the terrorists, Hamas, on their bloody incursion into Israel. And so, you know, having, you know, these teachings taught, this neo-Marxist teachings, the radical ideologies, the Black Lives Matter teachings embedded in the curriculum, this is particularly troubling on military campuses. And so now they're, they're refusing to provide information? Yeah, it's really, uh, it's really been a struggle. So at OpenTheBooks.com, we filed the Freedom of Information Act request. We wanted to know their payrolls. You know, there's about 13,000 public schools across the country, and we, we have the payrolls for virtually every single one of those schools. Guess what? The Pentagon rejected our request for the payrolls of their K-12 public schools. So we don't know how many employees they have. We don't know, you know, who they are, what the position titles are, how much they make. Uh, we filed a Freedom of Information Act request for their checkbook. Again, 13,000 public schools across the country, and we got about half of those. We're working our way through them uh, of their vendor checkbooks. And the Pentagon's K-12 public schools rejected that request. They called it private information. On both of these Freedom of Information Act requests, we appealed 
We won the appeal. It's now nine months later, John, and they still haven't produced the responsive records. So you go through this all the time, Adam, with with the, the work that you do. You find out something that you want to be confirmed and you want it to be proven so that you, you go for the Freedom of Information Act. And is this just you just have to kind of uh, figure that into the whole process that is they're going to stonewall not just this issue, but all the issues you deal with when you're dealing with the government. They, they just they either lie a lot or they 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 delay. It's very dishonest, whatever it is. Yeah, it really is. So, you know, there's a war on transparency at the federal level. And, you know, Sunshine Week is going to be the second week of March. And we're going to have some amazing stories about the lack of resources in the federal budget uh, committed to fulfilling Freedom of Information Act requests. They, you know, no surprise, they underfund it, right? And so we're constantly battling the establishment in these federal agencies on public information, straight up public information, like payroll in the federal K through 12 public schools, like their vendor spending that they're not turning over. Here's the other uh, war on transparency in the Pentagon schools. So, you know, they have a conference and they have speakers and they post these speakers, these speeches on YouTube. But when we give those speeches oversight, they pull down the public links. <laughs> uh, you know, they, uh, the vendors on the curriculum, same thing. Like when we exposed, for instance, there's this slide. It's called Frankenstein's Monster. And this is taught to elementary school kids. And, and here's what the slide says. They say I'm a monster, but what about the society that made me? You know, because they're, they're trying to teach that America is a fundamentally racist country, that we have systemic racism, right? And so when we expose a slide like this, all of a sudden it all disappears. But I have to tell you, John, you know, our organization, we're based in Illinois. It is the Super Bowl of corruption. So we know that if we're going to go out the door with a video or a slide, you know, a lesson plan, we've already got that saved to our hard drive. So we're able to repost that online. Yeah, now I want to get into in a minute here what some of the ridiculous things that they're teaching to these kids. But um, these, what we're dealing with here are we're dealing with kids who are the children of military people who are yeah. being being told that their parents are have dedicated at least a portion of their lives to defending a really bad country. What, what kind Seriously. of a message is that to the kids? I mean, so confusing and so damaging at a fundamental level, right? I mean, and, when you, if you're a kid, you'd say to your dad, "Dad, why? This is a bad country. Why? Why am I? Why are you? Uh, why are you going off to fight in a war for for them when it's 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 a really bad country?" I'm being told that since I was in kindergarten. Right, our service members are being undercut through the Pentagon's very own schools and undercut right within their own children and their own families. And here's an example of this. Kids are taught from a very young age, starting in kindergarten, Marxist frames of power and privilege, the oppressors versus the oppressed. And this is exactly the frame of the why these co elite college kids were marching on campuses, taking the side of Hamas, because, quote-unquote, Israel was the oppressor against the... Uh, Palestinian people who are the oppressed, the power and privilege frames that that you know emanate from yeah. Marxist ideologies. 
Well, so, uh, and again, I don't know, this is not necessarily what you been, would have been investigating. I'm just wondering, who's doing the teaching? Do you know? Well, it's not, it, you know, everything's being done, so it's not the parents. So we uncovered that a vendor provides the software for secret chat rooms between the student and the teacher so they can talk about gender expression and gender activity where the parents aren't invited. But but the the when you say a vendor, who who what is a vendor? What is it someone who who sells uh, teachers, uh, pro, or provides teachers? So a vendor is uh, you you're an outside firm. You yeah. contract you know for a specific purpose. Say curriculum. You provide curriculum to the schools. You provide software plat or different uh, type of technology platforms to the schools. You may provide a magazine or or lesson plans or um, all kinds of different technologies and communications infrastructure for the schools. So all these are vendors, and that's why it's so important to uh, to follow the money. So uh, can you give us some more some more of the things that are being taught to the kids there? And these yeah, are kids so, of military um, people. So you know, in their own documents, they say elementary elementary school is the perfect time to start teaching about gender expression and gender activity. And it starts with four-year-olds that are being taught LGBTQ plus curriculums. Four. Yeah, at four years worth of uh, four years old. You've got a handbook. So, so you know, so aggressive are these teachings that the Pentagon's K through 12 public schools distributes a handbook to teachers. And the handbook uh, says, expect your students to start crying in the classroom, but you've got to push through the tears, and here's how to do it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, but th- again, th- these are the children of military people, and they really don't have much of a choice, uh, if you're, especially if you're deployed somewhere. So, so uh, someone could be deployed to Saudi Arabia uh, or to some, some country in the Middle East, and they send their kids off to school, and someone over there, whoever was hired by the military, is teaching them what you just described? Exactly. Here's a, here's a slide from the Pentagon's K-12 public schools in Europe. My name is blank, and I have been in, and you're supposed to, this is, this is how you're, it's the 10th step of a 12-step program to cleanse yourself of racism, Right. So my name is Adam. I've been impacted by systemic uh, discrimination in society, and I'm committed to the lifelong journey of dismantling my own biases. I strive to thrive in diversity, equity, and inclusion every day. This is the mantra they're teaching elementary school kids. They don't even know what that means, first of all, but I guess if you (laughs) beat it into their heads enough, they'll, they'll spit it back out at you anyway, and maybe someday they'll figure out what they're being told. But, um... Well, here, here's the exercise. They're, they, uh, they're, they're told to take personal inventory of uh, personal inventory and when and where they've been wrongly um, act, when and where they've been wrong to promptly admit it. Okay, so so you know they're they're really uh, making these issues front and center. Now, I know you're you're trying to just get this information out and make it public. But and and obviously the people that who are doing this are trying to prevent you from doing that. Um, are these people? Are do most of the people defend this? Are they actually defending this? In other words, yeah. if if, if if it's if they think it's so wonderful, why would they be so intent on preventing you from 
making it public if it's if they're well, doing such great work? Uh, number one is we reached out to the Pentagon's K through twelve public schools for comment. And just like what we thought, they responded in the vein that what they're, what they're teaching and all of their educational policies do not run afoul of federal statutes or federal law, and they're only executing on President Joe Biden's executive order that every single federal agency was supposed to assess how they're doing on the principles of DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So they're following the president's lead. And furthermore, they're following the lead of their director. His name is Thomas Brady. He's the chief operating officer. He's the, he's the agency's chief executive officer. And he actually uh, issued an order saying that they need to embed DEI in, quote, everything they do. So this comes from the top. Hey, oh, yeah, started with Joe Biden. Well, I, nothing starts with him. He doesn't know what day it is. But it, but it it's it started with somebody telling Joe Biden to issue an executive order, right? Yeah, exactly. So this this is you know what we have come to learn is it's deeply embedded in the in the K, Pentagon's K through twelve public schools. But it's also in a school district near you. Like for oh, instance, yeah. the the vendors that they use for all of this radical curriculum. Those vendors are in literally thousands of school districts across the country, and we're in the process of quantifying that right now. And we're the only organization in the country that can quantify it, and I'll tell you why. Because we're the only ones that have ever in the history of the country captured nearly every dime taxed and spent at every level. So we're the only ones with the records to get to the bottom of it and to be able to truly follow the money in every state, in every locale, across the entire country. We're talking to Adam Angievsky, he's founder and CEO of OpenTheBooks.com. You can go there to OpenTheBooks.com to uh, to find this stuff. Uh, it's amazing the stuff that uh, you dig up, uh, Adam. Um, now, uh, this is this is um, this is something from the curriculum. It's uh, a refusal. They, I guess, it's a statement from um, somebody about what the curriculum is going to be. It's a quote. A refusal to teach a whitewashed curriculum and to teach, quote, social justice rather than heroes, holidays, and celebrations to the children of people in the military. Heroes, holidays, and celebrations, they don't want to, they don't want to teach the kids about the Battle of Iwo Jima that was yesterday, the, the anniversary, to people, yeah, it, the kids of, of the military. Exactly. It's to rip down all that's right, true, and beautiful about the fabric of the greatest nation ever conceived in the history of the world, the United States of America. This, make no mistake, John, it's Marxist activism. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, um, I, I have a little extra time. I want to take a little break. Can you stick with me for a minute? Absolutely. Okay. We'll be back with uh, Adam Angievsky of uh, OpenTheBooks.com. Stick around. Back with Adam Angievsky, founder and CEO of OpenTheBooks.com. We've been talking about the garbage that's being uh, taught to kids of military personnel all over the world and, and here in the United States, um, and it's uh, all about DEI. So, uh, Adam, they said they were uh, they were going to eliminate the DEI insanity, uh, and the, uh, which which would indicate that they understand that there's a certain amount of uh, pressure on them to do that because it's not all that popular with people, but they're just not willing to, to dump it. 
and uh, it's 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 amazing. They they love it, obviously. Yeah, somebody what they does. Did is, they, is the Pentagon integrated the DEI specialists into four key divisions of the agency, and it's everything that a public school system does, from what's taught in the classroom with the curriculum to the hiring and firing decisions of its faculty and the review of students and of faculty. So DEI is now embedded into all of that which is the basic functions of a school. But furthermore, you've got this uh, launch of a DEI steering committee, and it's basically in secret. It's 12 members. We know it includes the agency's top brass, the CEO, the chief operating officer, the chief academic officer, but then it includes 12 others. And the agency refuses to tell us, by virtue of our Freedom of Information Act request for the information, they actually redact the names of the 12 others that serve on that committee. So we don't know the member names. They also won't provide the agendas, materials, minutes, and discussions of that steering committee. And they won't provide their own, eight, their own steering committee reports on the impact that they're having across the entire school system. Again, if they think this is good, why would they be reluctant to make it public? Look, they know that... Regular Americans, we love our country. We understand that this is the American experiment. And what that means is, in the last 5,000 years of human history, we're the only people that were founded on a principle that our rights come from God. They don't come from government. We've instituted a government to secure our God-given rights. And so, look, our founders knew that in order to hold that government accountable that we needed the tools. And so our founders knew that knowledge is power. They knew that transparency was critical to knowledge. They wrote it into the United States Constitution. It's Article 1, Section 9, Clause 7, and it says that a regular statement and account of the receipts, a regular statement and account of the receipts and expenditures of all public money shall be published from time to time. And there's a clear interpretation. Post every dime online in real time. Open the books. And Look, that's what the Pentagon's K-12 schools need to do. They need to follow the Constitution and the law. Okay, so, Adam, you've found this stuff out. You know that it's there. You know that they won't disclose it. You've disclosed a lot of things, and you've you've uh, created uh, a lot of change because uh, people in, uh, at least the Republicans in, in Congress, they know all about you guys and what you do, and you've you've helped with a lot of, uh, you've, you've helped to disclose a lot of insanity in Washington. So what happens now? It's a great question, John. I appreciate you asking. Because, you know, we, you know we, we work with whistleblowers, with members of Congress, and we've, we've kept congressional committees updated on our efforts here. Uh, staffers, members, they're highly interested in holding the Pentagon accountable, obviously. Uh, the Pentagon looks to be off the rails on this issue of DEI in their schools. And so we are going to get answers. You know, I think it's 100% that we're going to get congressional inquiry into the Pentagon's K-12 public schools to start correcting the problems. And just as a prediction, I know you have no way of knowing for sure, uh, when you say that, I, I picture um, these people responsible for this stupidity being brought in front of so, uh, somebody in the, house, uh, in, in, the, in the House, for example, and just stonewalling there and denying and, and lying. Are they ever going to admit are we ever going to see them show up and admit that's going on and then brag about it and say we think it's wonderful? I just don't – I can't see that happening. Well, the other side is very committed. As I said in the last segment, 
you know, the DEI chief, when she was in power over there, she wanted to dismantle, uproot, rip up, and destroy the existing system. Mm-hmm. And look, our side, you know, with the philosophies, you know, that America is a fundamentally good country, we need to be just as committed and uproot and rip up and destroy this anti-American, pro-Marxist frame teaching. Well, here's the thing. Before you, before you go, I um, I talked about this in the opening of my show, I think. Uh, no, actually, I didn't. Um, but I should have. This is uh, this is this is uh, um, an example of how embedded that was a word that you use, and how widespread this stupidity is. This is a story from, uh, and this will, you'll like this, uh, Adam. This is a story from uh, the Post Millennial, and it came also from National Review. Um, Biden administration Secretary of State Anthony Blinken told staffers at the State Department, this is just unbelievable, this is the State Department of the United States of America, not to use problematic terms such as manpower, mother, and father. That was in a memo. He says, misgendering as well as using terms that, quote, can be problematic such as manpower as well as son, daughter, son slash daughter, and husband slash wife, the terms preferred were words such as labor force, everyone, folks, you all, and parent, child, oh and gosh. spouse or partner. So they don't want to this – is, this is the State Department, Adam. So if it's happening there, why would we be surprised that it's happening in the Defense Department? Yeah, they're acting like the world doesn't have any problems and they can focus on stupid issues. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to get us all killed, John. Yeah, yeah. So that's um, that, that just gives you an idea – the note uh, also added that employees should not pressure someone to state their pronouns and that mistake in, mistakes in misgendering with pronouns should be handled with subtlety and grace. This is according to a spokeswoman from the State Department. That's what they told that the uh, people who were asking about these leaked documents. They, those, those, those documents had to be leaked. So they're keeping that secret, too. Again. Yeah, well, here's where this is going, and it's going right out of the Newsom, Governor Newsom playbook in California. And that is that there's an unlimited amount of pronouns. Uh, <laughs> you can you can identify, for instance, as a fox. And so in the California public schools today, funded by millions of dollars of taxpayer money, it is perfectly acceptable where the old sentence would be, she said she would do it herself. Perfectly acceptable now is fox said fox will do it fox self. <laughs> That's Again, Adam, headed. if this were if this were some crazy organization somewhere that was trying to push this, and people could just laugh at it, this is the United States government. Yep. Where this is yeah, coming California, from? Yeah, California, our biggest state. Yeah, probably, California too, I but it, like it's government everywhere. The, yeah. Yeah, they've got the fifth largest economy in the world. So, uh, did did you and I speak about? Um, I, I didn't. You and I do a, a segment on the vendors in California. Yes. Yeah. And, with, and uh, similar Governor to this. Newsom. Yeah. Uh, engaged in the highly unethical practice of soliciting state vendors for campaign cash. So in August of 2022, and this is highly material to the news cycle, because I guess Democrats are trying to knock Biden out of the presidential race and replace him at at the convention, which is the rumor, Mm -hmm. uh, that could be Newsom. And by August of 2022, at OpenTheBooks.com, we proved that 40% of all cash on hand for Governor Newsom came from state vendors, their key employees, or, or uh, you know, their employees or key employees or from the companies themselves, those companies, they, you know, 
$11 million had been given to Governor Newsom's campaign fund from a thousand state vendors, their key employees or, or, uh, or, or staffers. And those company, those thousand companies had received $6.2 billion in one year of state payments. So look, uh, the governor is engaged in the investment business. It's called pay to play. And in California, it's probably at arm's length, not illegal. Yeah. Wow. Hey, hey, Adam, this is, uh, it's, it's sad stuff, but it's, it's great stuff as usual coming from, uh, OpenTheBooks.com, and what's the next step on this? So, you know, we have to engage members of Congress, you know, those, those members that head up the powerful oversight committees. This worked a year ago, and we're going to follow the same playbook and see whether they can correct this within the Pentagon's K-12 public schools. And it's highly critical, obviously, because 70,000 kids are being taught uh, within that school system. That America's a bad country, and they're, they're, the, <laughs> they're the children of the military people. Oh, Incredible. Boy. Hey, uh, Adam, always great stuff, and I'm sure we'll talk soon because you come up with great stuff almost every day. <laughs> so thank I hope, you, John. Uh, until we thank talk you. again, great thank to be you. Here. Okay. Okay. Thank you. That's Adam Angievsky. You can find his stuff at openthebooks.com. I'll be right back. Well, you know, we keep hearing that. There's no evidence about that uh, shows that Joe Biden was corrupt at all, or has been corrupt, or is corrupt, and uh, and and we keep hearing that it's all the, the stuff that his family was doing that wasn't really that bad, and you know uh, Hunter Biden, all the stuff that he did, all the stuff on his laptop. Come on, that doesn't matter. He's not the president. Joe Biden is. One somebody who maybe should have gotten more attention, or at least as much attention as Hunter during all this, is Jim Biden. That would be Joe's brother. And uh, there's a story that came out in Politico, and that's not a site that I spend a lot of time looking at. It's kind of liberal, and I I just don't look at it that much. But uh, it actually uh, it was pointed out by the people at Newsbusters that this story came out by Politico. Which is um, is a, a website and a and an outlet that's respected by Democrats and liberals. They they think it's pretty good, but as the networks didn't touch this, nobody has mentioned it. So here's the story by Politico. It's a they did a seven thousand word story by a guy named Ben Schreckinger, and it's about the Biden family uh, corruption involving Jim Biden and a sham hospital chain that while he tried to bring his brother Joe on board and floated giving him equity, was uh, mired in claims of Medicare fraud and a collapse with deadly consequences for rural communities. Does that sound like a pretty nasty, that's a pretty nasty sentence or paragraph or whatever that was. So um, Biden's brother used his name to promote a hospital chain, and then it collapsed. That's basically what happened. In 2017, a hospital operator set out to build a rural health care empire with the help of a Philadelphia-area consultant. The consultant's name was Jim Biden. He had See if this sounds familiar. <laughs> he was a consultant. On, here, I'm going to tell you how to run your hospital. I have no experience in running hospitals, but I'm a consultant because I'm from out of town. That's what makes you a consultant. But he did understand the federal government, Jim did, and had ties to labor unions, Perhaps more important, he was the younger brother of Joe Biden. 
So Biden, 67 years old at the time, the third of four Biden siblings, his ties to his older brother made him much uh, made up much of his pitch. How about does this sound familiar? We hear this and it never happened though. Uh, he made up much of made up much of his pitch as he pursued deals that could help AmeriCorps. That's the name of the company. Make money from drug rehab, lab testing, and even cancer treatment. And this is this is what Jim Biden wrote. This is a quote to the CEO. This would be a perfect platform to expose my brother's team to your protocol. That's what he wrote to a uh, to the CEO of a Tampa Bay area company that that controlled licensing rights to an experimental cancer treatment the hospital operator wanted to offer. This could quote provide a great opportunity for some real exposure. So this email was was uh, picked up by Politico uh, from a person close to the company. And it documents uh, one of the many ways in which Jim Biden invoked his brother's name and clout in the course of his work with AmeriCorps, which has since gone bankrupt, uh, wreaking havoc in rural communities in the process. Jim Biden spoke of plans to give his brother equity in AmeriCorps. That would be his brother, Joe, uh, according to one former AmeriCorps executive, and install him on its board. According to a second, he uh, was according to a second um, person. He also said that if AmeriCorps could find a winning business model for rural health care, his brother, that would be Joe, could promote the company in a future presidential campaign. A third former executive told Politico. So all were granted anonymity to discuss a company mired in legal and political controversy. In order to fund AmeriCorps' expansion, Jim Biden offered to secure capital from investors in the Middle East, according to the emails and executives. When the expected money did not arrive, it aggravated AmeriCorps' pre-existing financial issues. So it says here, like other Biden ventures, AmeriCorps failed, but this one left regular people damaged with unpaid bills and neglected patients, hospital staff going unpaid, services dwindled, and authorities were forced to intervene to the point that one died of cardiac arrest in the late two, in late 2018 after receiving substandard care. So this was 2017, and um, Joe was not not vice president, but uh, Jim was out there making deals using Joe's name. And of course, we're not allowed to even consider that maybe Joe was doing something he should have been doing while he was vice president or immediately after. And what else do you need to know about this uh, family? I just described to you what Jim was up to. I think everybody knows what Hunter was up to, not just the stuff he was doing while he was a crack addict and and uh, all the stuff that was on the, the laptop, but the traveling around the world and throwing his dad's name around and all the stuff he was doing. The, the fact that the Democrats who are defending this guy say with a straight face that Joe has never done anything wrong and he's a, he's a wonderful guy, he's a public servant, it's just uh, unbelievably, it's, it's an insult to your intelligence. But the point here also, as the Newsbusters is making, is that's a pretty interesting story, I think. The networks ignored it. It hasn't been mentioned on television. Has not been mentioned. Here's another stupid story before I go. I got a couple of minutes here. You know what's going on up in New York. You've seen you've seen the pictures of the, I, I saw a video today of cops arresting people in a quote unquote migrant 
shelter. It's actually a shelter for illegal immigrants. But uh, they were, they got in a fight, and then they started throwing things at the cops when the cops tried to break it up. Then this is what your tax dollars are paying paying for. But uh, Mayor Adams up there, he has a, um, a a debit card deal that he's giving to these migrants where they can get up to ten thousand dollars on a debit card, and they can spend it however they want. Um, Earlier this month, the New York Post broke a story that uh, he was giving out these prepaid cash cards to migrants, but uh, Adams didn't publicize the story, and his administration for nearly a month uh, failed to correct several public misperceptions about it. One misperception is that the program allows the city to give out just $50 million to migrants. No wonder the mayor has been reticent. The debit card program, if you read the actual contract, has the potential to become an open-ended, multi-billion-dollar Bermuda Triangle of disappearing, untraceable cash used for any purpose. It will give migrants up to $10,000 each in taxpayer money with no ID check. So you show up in New York, they give you a a, a debit card. Uh, No restrictions, no fraud control. So why would they be giving out these cards? Well, the mayors uh, said that uh, this is how they spun it as a money-saving program. Migrants staying in these hotels. Now, they're staying in these hotels for nothing. Not for nothing, because somebody's paying for them. You and I are paying for them. Um, but what they do is they, because the, the migrants don't like the food that they're given, they, they're given three meals a day, also paid for by taxpayer dollars. They don't like it all. Sometimes, you know, they eat some, they, they, eat, they throw it out. So they throw out. 5,000 meals a day are being thrown out in New York City, paid for by you and me. It's costing $7.2 million a year. So in order to save money on wasting, they don't want to waste the food, they're just going to give the money directly to these uh, people who shouldn't be anywhere near New York City or the United States of America. They're going to give the money to them so that they can buy food that they might actually eat instead of throwing away. So the, the, I don't know how they're going to determine who gets how much, but it could be up to $10,000. And then they gave this this whole program to a bank without bidding for it. So somebody somebody's brother-in-law uh, somehow set up the bank to be in charge of, of uh, distributing all this money and uh, no checks to see about fraud. These guys, these people who have the cards, no IDs. That's New York City, a rat hole if there ever was one, and getting worse every day. I'll talk to you tomorrow.